I at did this that. point, I'm just trying to lose listeners. the imperial scrolls of honor podcast i am josh Folan, and i am jeff burns and we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again uh this is a game episode we're tackling a sports title in an isoh context for the very first time let the games begin on that and we emulated it on nestopia on the pc both of us did and last housekeeping thing please stop rate review the podcast and resume and jeb what are you playing now? <laughs> um, well, I finally finished uh, Subnautica. I beat that, I think, on Thursday night. Uh, nice. A couple, couple days nice. ago. Um, the end of the game was really glitchy. Uh, there's parts where you're... I mean, I hope this isn't a spoiler for people, but I mean, it's probably not super surprising. Um, there's parts where you're inside. Uh, inside. And you're inside a lot towards the end of the game and um, you also do some like teleporting and the game got really really painfully glitchy um, to the point where like if I were reviewing it I would say something about it and I, w- I would say that like the glitching was so frequent and so bad that even though in the end I was able to finish the game and I got the gist of it it kind of took me out of the immersion uh, that that game is so great for and that was a little bit of a bummer but uh, define, everything else define glitching. It was just like uh, loading really slow, uh, clipping in, clipping. Yeah. Uh, it was fucking bad. Like you know, you'd push forward and then like game freezes, and like eight seconds later, you're fucking like way down the hall. And the other one was the fucking the uh, the environments weren't rendering in time, so I'd be walking somewhere like trying to get there, and I would just fall through into like an endless pit. I think I've ended up achieving a maximum depth of like 8,200 and something meters deep. Uh, not, it's not even the draw distance, it's the actual existence of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like I'd be that's walking funny. inside. And I wouldn't even like, call that a glitch. That's just like a total shutdown of mouth of function. <laughs> kind of a disaster. Yeah. I'd be inside. I'd like, you know, go to walk through a doorway and through the doorway, like all around it would be like hallway and inside rendering of artwork and then you'd look through the doorway and it would just be like blackness or like little lines indicating like the terrain outside. And if you stepped into that, you were falling, the fucking graphics would render above you, and that was it. Like you weren't getting out, you had to restart the whole game. And that's a long process in and of itself. But having said all that, the game ended. It's fantastic. Without a doubt, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, that's got to be in my top five without question. It's an incredible game. Hmm. They were good on Switch. Maybe I'll play it. <laughs> uh, don't you have PS4? Uh, I do. I told you that. I just fucking. It's, it's it's once you have the convenience of being able to grab. I would need to like be completely out of games and have no choice, which I was teetering on, and I'll get to that in mind. But uh, yeah, like once you have the convenience to be able to grab that fucker out of the thing and play it on the go. Um, it's really hard to think of taking something on that you're going to be tied to your TV for. That's interesting because um, 
like as a person who's into movies like yourself, like you you wouldn't advocate that kind of like, oh, you like wouldn't the experience advocate watching, mean? Yeah, an experience like watching yeah. a movie on your phone. Um well no, because I mean I still if I'm at home, I still play on my TV, but it's just dock that fucker. You know what I mean? I guess uh, I don't know what you mean. I don't really fully know exactly what the switch is and does. The switch it, it's basically it does both. I think I, I think I understand it. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's and it's a super. I mean, it's just a little dock that you drop the thing in, and then you know that's HDMI to your TV, and you can literally pull the physically pull the little controller Joy Cons off the edges of the portable uh, sw- switch rendition and mm-hmm. pop those into a little handheld thing that act as a normal two-handed controller mm-hmm. and play the game on your television. And then when you want to go somewhere, you just slide the little things back on, pull it out of the uh, dock, and you're you're it literally. I mean, it won't even st- it won't even turn off. <laughs> like you can literally right. you can do that. Hit pause, do that, and start playing the game again, and walk away from. You can begin playing as you walk away from your television. Right, right. Which is just uh, unparalleled um, portability. Right. You know. Well, I don't know what. Uh... I mean, I, it doesn't seem. It seems like you looked into it, and they don't have Subnautica on Switch. Uh, yeah, they do I, not yet. I, it would just surprise me, me if they ever did. Well, I mean, they they have you know those games, Skyrim is you know they those those bigger multi well multi platform games that you know because Switch was a little or not a little way later than those other systems uh, and those are long development processes for those games like that you know the uh, most of them haven't been hitting switch immediately but they are eventually happening so i would be surprised <clears throat> because they're you know it's uh, to my understanding switch is quickly becoming the most popular of uh, systems available right now because hmm. of that portability thing and then also because of the indie Mm, eh, development curation that they're encouraging that the other systems just do not have, okay. you know, as, as far as stuff being, um, you know, people make their own shit and and and, and get it in, in people's hands. Right. Nintendo's doing a much better job of that. It seems so. to me, I mean, I guess if Skyrim does it, then then it does it. But for the, there's no way that the Switch's processing power can be on par <laughs> it, with it is it is dude it's 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 the same <laughs> it's i simply don't believe you i i, I have no, no reason to not believe you but there's just no way that well, welcome to 2019 what amounts to a fucking game boy is the same thing as a ps4 it's not, well, it's, or it's, it's not a game boy it's 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 the portability aspect of it i mean like there's no way that i'm carrying around the same processing power in my hands that's in my xbox one or someone's ps4 Look at the but release more, date. Look at the release dates on a Switch and your Xbox One. And if you think the world isn't moving that fast, uh, and uh, on a technology uh, front, you're out of your you're you're out of touch. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I suppose. I I mean, I guess I can see how it'd be plausible. I would just be surprised. Uh, but yeah, more power to you. I mean, if you can get it on Switch one day, then um, you should definitely do it because it's a fucking it's a hell of a game. I never liked. Even at the end, and I think I played for like 25 game days, whatever that means. I don't know how much time that is. But I played this game from, I got it February 11th, I think. And I played it until just the other, just a couple days ago. It, it doesn't have a playtime clock? Um, I didn't look super hard. I, it's Like I said, there's Probably the loading. Not. Yeah, there's got to be something. But the loading aspect of the game takes time. So like, 
just to get the game fired up might take literally 10 minutes. So when I'm starting the game, I don't even pay attention. I'm just like, a, 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 just get to the part where it's loading and then I'll go do my laundry, you know? Um, but I never, even at the end of the game at like, you know, the very fucking end of the game, um, I never felt comfortable being outside in the water. Like if I wasn't inside some sort of submersible or base, I just felt fucking like, like something was crawling up the back of my neck, dude. It was weird. Uh, It's fucking, it's incredible game, dude. I'd highly recommend it to anybody. That is cool for sure. How about you? I, uh, well, I said, I mentioned last time I had, I had designs on making a, a new Mario maker world. That was a rendition of super Mario land three, one. And I guess I've had that game for about a month now. And for the first time I had like something that was just, uh, <laughs> just awful experience. Like I designed probably two thirds of that level before realizing that the the available track oh. by which to des- that you can design a level on in that game at its at its maximum because you right. can't change the length of a of a possible st- uh, stage, uh, but the the longest possible option was not long enough to make that level. <laughs> So I was like two thirds of the way into it. I was like, it didn't happen. So I was, I was, yes, very upset about that. So that didn't happen. Uh, but I spent a lot of time doing it anyhow, and um, that led to me pretty much just going back to the story mode. And I and I hundred percent of that, the story mode okay. of the game. It's it's super cute game. The final Bowser was interesting and a a good amount of difficult. Uh, I, to be honest, with you, I, I'd say it was probably harder than the final boss battle of Mario Odyssey, which is interesting to me because, you know, Mario Odyssey is certainly a bigger, bigger scope of a, of a game. Uh, but that could have just been an individual, you know, individual. results may vary. Yeah. Results precisely objects in the rear view mirror may appear. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> and even though finishing it, the, there, there's still plenty of levels left to try in the story mode. So, you know, there's, there's as most games like that are these days you know the completion of it of the story mode does not is not even close to the full experience of the game right so there's plenty more to do besides just build my own levels that i don't have enough room for which is cool mm-hmm. and fun yeah i mean you had to learn that lesson one way <laughs> yeah the hard way but it's it, it was just i the, you know there were yeah it's not Whatever, like that's it, it does not blow my mind that that's the case, but it is surprising to me that a Game Boy game from 1990 was bigger, you know, in quotation marks, than this sandbox design thing, you know. Right. In 2019, that seems surprising to me. <laughs> it's certainly uh, counterintuitive <laughs> considering our understanding of the progression of technology. <laughs> right. As previously discussed. Right. Uh, yeah, so that was stressful. I suppose that'd be a counterpoint to my switch. <laughs> you're, you're doing, but right. the, the the problem with that idea is the uh, yeah. Well, no, that's not. Isn't it? Yeah, it, it, that is that, right that, after that, all. that is a counterpoint. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> how valid of one is debatable. Uh, I also started a full-on Blaster Master undertaking on oh. that on the Switch Online format, and I'm up to the third boss, and it is a great game, no doubt. It's startling how much it reminds me of Fester's Quest. I mean, it's Sunsoft, and there's just, you know, there should be very little surprise to that, but it's just, you know, there's just so much to it, having played a great deal of, of Fester's Quest, as frustrating as that is. Right. Uh, 
but you know the bosses being on kind of those when we've been that that's like a simple visual correlation the the bosses being on that black background and being big like that you know but right. even like the underground level the top down stuff is so much reminiscent of uh just kind of the overall feel fester's quest even when you go below ground it's kind of the same thing the exact same top down with a slight angle to it so it looks a little uh, very similar and like the gun functionalities like i kind of feel like actually some of the bullets are the exact same i was gonna uh, say like when you started saying that in my head like my brain took this like 26 year old these two bits of information and put them together <laughs> and i was like oh my god some of the guns are exactly the same yeah exactly yeah there's like this wave gun bullet thing that like i, I mean the projectiles look exactly the same is there like, like that flight. circle like ball like those balls that shoot out in like in a circle almost forward not that i've gotten but i do remember that in the fester's quest game they look like black kind of, kind of mini cannonballs yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i haven't gotten that gun yet but the gun i mean that's honestly one of the more obtuse things about that i've found with blaster masters like the i don't understand how the gun work the guns work the oh, the power-ups in general are very confusing to me hmm. um the, or the, the pickups and the power because you have you know kind of these power-up tracks of sorts uh for, for <clears throat> both your gun inside your, your your cannon inside and out of the of the um the tank uh, and that's, you know, I don't really get how it works or like how you keep it. Cause it kind of like, it goes up and then it goes back down and I don't understand what the, how or why that's happening. <laughs> you're probably much further in than I've ever been. Um, cause like I said, I played a lot as a kid and when you're a kid, you're an idiot. Well, you're probably still an idiot now, I'm but not far, third, the, the first two, it's not, yeah, the third boss, dude, it's not far at all. Actually, it doesn't feel huh. anyways. And the th- it's, it's the one with the, it's these, they're like just blocks moving around and it's so fucking hard. I've, I mean, I've actually Googled like, so I was like, I can't beat this guy. <laughs> so, so, so I Googled, so I Googled it and it's like, I've never, I don't know if I've ever watched a less helpful uh, play video. Uh-huh. It's just like, yeah, you know, you just, he's like, one, you need to have your, you should have your gun powered up all the way. And it's like, I don't have my gun powered up all the way and I don't know well, how to do that. Yeah, what happens <laughs> if I don't? Like, yeah. And uh, yeah, and he's just like, yeah, he's just like super simple otherwise. And you know, then even watch him, it doesn't look that simple. It takes him a while, you know, <laughs> with this like powered up gun. Right. And I'm like, well, I don't have that gun and I'm doing the same things, but I'm getting fragged. So, yeah, I don't know. Right. Uh, maybe I'm stuck and never getting further, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, your head against the wall, see what you get. Precisely. As with the, yeah, the, the, the quintessential Nintendo experience, just keep yeah. fucking psychotically banging your head against the wall yeah it's just the, the worst part is like when you're banging your head against the wall and it becomes apparent that you're not going to get anything out of this <laughs> <laughs> and you've just been banging your head against the wall and now you're just hurt right 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 uh and that's, that's it for about what i've been playing really the i did like uh like teetering on what i'm about to be playing i think i've heard a bunch of rumbling about it. i'm curious i was curious the reason i'm bringing it up even uh, preemptively is because i'm curious if you've heard about it uh fire emblem have you heard of this game man i've heard those two words put together it but. is so it's a, it's a Nintendo lineage game. Like I, I think the first one was, or no, the first one was for certain on the original Famicom, and it's been it's been a, a you know, in Japan I, it's like third fiddle to Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. Uh, apparently, uh, mm-hmm. it has had less traction in the U.S., but I guess um, you know they had a, a ton of releases leading up to. But I think the first one that really caught any uh wind in its sales in the u.s was like nintendo ds or something which of course was something i was not participating in uh and i guess it was on one of my I, i've mentioned this podcast to you the uh, wizard and the bruiser mm-hmm. which is like it's like a pop culture thing i think i told you to listen to the robocop episode <laughs> they did mm-hmm. a fantastic they actually just did a fantastic predator episode too that i also highly recommend but 
uh, they, their episode this week is on Fire Emblem. And so I was listening to it, and then I was someone was in my periphery was talking about having played it on the switch so i actually looked into it watched some trailers and stuff and yeah dude it looks it looks awesome and it's got mm-hmm. what's really sounds really cool about it is you know it's an incredibly deep rpg story uh, or jrpg story rather and it has it is very predicated on permadeath you know you don't you it's uh i don't like game of thrones but i do appreciate the idea of major characters just dying and you got to deal with it you know what right I mean? right uh, and, and and that being very possible at all times, and they're not being this kind of coddling thing that, uh, particularly Nintendo, in fact, often gives you with these heavier games. You know, where either you know, you know, you like Red Dead, I mean, you die, like let's re- retry task or whatever. <laughs> you just, like, right, like it's actually not a big deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and this uh, apparently is very much like people die regularly, and that's and like honestly, listening to them talk about it, uh, they. You know, that's like part of the the thing they enjoyed because like it obviously augments the experience you have and and the whole idea of a of a story based game is that you're going to become emotionally attached to these characters and mm-hmm. when characters who you have become attached to die that is going and and you but you still ultimately succeed uh, that you know it kind of like it, it creates your own story that you can't get with a game that doesn't have that sort of permanence to life and death you know what i mean and like the way the way you actually enjoy it in the long run is very much dependent on who died (laughs) on the way to that success you know and that is an incredibly cool idea that uh, i don't feel many games have done and i guess uh this one really nailed this time so sounds like a huge 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 undertaking but I think that is going to be my next one. This is exactly that's what I was saying. Like, you know, as far as like Subnautica, me, me sitting down and tying myself to my PlayStation, if I can find something that I can pick up and go with, that's mm-hmm. going to take me months, you know, is a really hard decision to make. You know what I mean? Right. Because that is, and you know, and like, a, and that's why JP, JRPG or JP RPGs period are so much more enjoyable because they are this long run thing. And like, I don't think they're so dependent on the, that immersion that you're talking about it's about 100 percent, definitely not story you know although this this does you know it's modern so it of course watching the trailer and stuff it has a very intense like it you know it's like a chessboard type battle thing turn-based but Mm -hmm. when you do your thing it becomes this highly visual experience as it as it carries it out but it's still a turn-based step-by-step thing that i don't think okay are you familiar with uh Final Fantasy Tactics at all? No, but I've heard... Well, I remember you playing it on, on the original PlayStation, and uh, I think I maybe fiddled with it, and I didn't really get into it, but, I, yeah, there are incredibly... Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's like the, the chief comparison, I think, to this game. Okay, as far as gotcha. The experience goes. It's very similar to Final <clears throat> Fantasy Tactics, I guess. So, uh, that's what we're playing. Let's get on to this fucking sports experience. That was the menu theme, uh, getting us started talking about Blades of Steel. I believe you do the opening statements of a game towards the beginning of a segment? Yes, yes. Uh, opening statements about Blades of Steel would be, uh, it's hockey. <laughs> it's hockey. <laughs> hockey on NES. Um, yeah, which is a, a sport that I guess um, 
we've mentioned before, neither of us are really that into, but somehow still very much enjoy the games. Right. Um, I've already, I've never, you've never been to a hockey game, right? No, I went to a, um, my dad won uh, some tickets through this, the stamping plant that he worked at in Wellington to a uh, Lumberjacks game. Okay, so you went to a Lumberjacks game. Yeah, and I got some like swag, actually. I think I got like a, like a hockey puck and some other shit. Yeah, dude, those yeah, the minor like if you go to a minor league baseball game and you there's no way you're leaving without a bunch of shit, dude. They 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 incentivize you to physically come to those things. <laughs> right. Well, actually, you know, I, I drive past the stadium going to Cleveland sometimes on ninety, and uh, every time I drive by, I'm like, I should fucking go to these games. It seems like it would be fun. The the minor league, league baseball oh. game. Oh, which which minor league team is in Cleveland? I actually that's here's the funny thing. I don't even know. Man, I know that there's the Columbus Clippers are an Indians minor league team, but I can't. I, I got think like, I, we got some fucking minor minor league team here. Hmm. That's interesting. That. They're not in Blades of Steel. I know that. <laughs> oh, this is a hockey team. You're saying so? Or, or no, no, it is a baseball. Game. It's a oh. baseball team, but okay. trying to steer us back onto the. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I had tickets once to a Cleveland Lumberjacks game, mm-hmm. but I did not go for some reason. I can't. I think I got them for Christmas, um, and, I, and I can't. I don't know why I wouldn't have went. I got the only thing I can think of is there was some sort of conflict with something else I would have wanted to do, like a right. maybe they were around a Bills game or something. I don't know. I have no idea why I wouldn't have. Wouldn't have went. It's possible. Maybe I was just that stubborn. I guess it's possible. I was like, I don't like hockey, and I'm not going. <laughs> Even though right? it's free to gift. Uh, that is not, yeah, that is not outside, I feel, of my capability. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't, so I never went. Yeah, all the years I lived in New York with, um, you know, the really, Rangers. It seems like you would accidentally end up there. Yeah, I know. I, I agree, and, and I feel like I'm sure I've talked about it before, which just never happened, man. I mean, I yeah, I've been to, I've been to MSG a I don't even know how many times for Knicks games, mostly Cavs, but other shit too. And, you know, games that I don't have an, an emotional investment in and still just went just to go. I went to fucking a, a giant Saints game once in MetLife. Like, you know, just like I've been to a bunch of games in New York that I give shit about. Uh, I'm surprised that I never, yeah, just wandered into a, a hockey game. But, right. As well, having my experience with hockey in general seems to be like if you ask me, I'll tell you I would kind of like to be a hockey fan. But I'm obviously not willing to put any effort into learning the rules or teams or players. Um, so I don't want to be a hockey fan. But I do like the games. Um, I've always liked the the Sega games, the Nintendo games that we yeah. played. I thought you were saying up. like games as in watching them. I'm like, I keep watching hockey. I can't. I've, I've tried that. And like, I was going to say, I feel like that's I actually my big don't difference. like watching hockey. Yeah, it's completely unwatchable on television, in my opinion. Uh, which I've heard everyone says, you know, you got it's much, it's a totally different experience in person, uh, and it, you know, much more enjoyable and easier to follow than watching it on television. But I kind of, I mean, you got to, you know, you got to get me invested while I'm sitting at home to get me to physically to come somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. You got to start <laughs> there. You can't start with the. That's a, that's a high startup cost. Right. Exactly. It's like that's the one of the things about soccer. Like that, I just don't feel like they've gotten it. They haven't figured out how to cover it on television yet, and I think that's such a huge. I've gotten into soccer, and let me tell you, it, it's good. Uh, the best part about watching soccer on TV, no commercials. It makes you realize how many fucking commercials the NFL shoves down your throat at every opportunity they get. They still they have to they have they, there's got to be commercials still. How do they, they, yeah how do they it's get around? Forty five minutes straight of playing soccer. There are no commercials, dude. Yeah. No bull. I know the if if the NFL was running soccer, I know they'd fucking figure it out. Right. 
No, like there seems to be at least a little bit of honor. That's probably why they slap the advertisements all over the jerseys, sure, all over the course, field, yeah. all over the fucking boards and the screens. So, you know, you're still getting advertised too, but it's not interrupting you. So that's nice. Not interrupting the game. I highly recommend soccer. It's fun. I, I can't even begin to. Dude. They it's, haven't figured it out yet. They haven't, you know, the thing like what makes basketball, football, uh, even baseball sports that I can watch or do enjoy watching on television. Part of the enjoyment is like how they get you in there. You know, like you are like you are in the colon of the, <laughs> of the football player with the ball. Uh, right. You know, they have the cameras all the way in there and like soccer. They just it's so drawn out and withdrawn from the game. You know, you're watching like, I don't know, they're like ants on the screen to me. Uh, and that is, I don't know, I just I can't, it's less enjoyable to me. Hmm. I, I've went to a live soccer game, Reese. I've been watching on TV. I went to my very first live soccer game, and I've enjoyed every bit of it. So, hmm. I used to, it's, it's, it's like both hockey and soccer, I've, I've had instances in my life where like, it's just, it's existence has irritated me. Like, so I listened, <laughs> I constantly listened to Buffalo Bills radio, WGR 550, and Buffalo is like their AM radio talk radio station, <laughs> uh, sports one. I listen to it like fucking eight, way too much. Uh, I wish I could. I that's actually what I should do is stop doing that, and then this wouldn't be a problem for me. But they, you know, it's Buffalo, so they have they have the Sabres and the Bills, and they most of these shows are for both teams. And, you know, they go through long stints, especially in the football season, uh, before hockey starts in particular, where, you know, it's entirely focused on the bills and that you know is great but there are often times where it gets kind of divvied up somewhat evenly and like you know half of a four-hour show that i can't stop listening to is is talking and i listen to it on demand so i'm like fast forwarding through the like tech trying to like that's fucking crazy that you micromanage (laughs) like i I just don't care that much god i wish i didn't i i I want so badly to not care but yeah i've tried to do that same thing where i like try to find like titans radio stations online and like listen to it and they start talking about like the tennessee volunteer (laughs) shit and i'm like oh nobody like i have i don't efficiently spend my time in the first place it's something i'm greatly ashamed of to be honest and i really need to work on it the last fucking thing and i mean the last thing i'm gonna do is listen to tennessee volunteers college football (laughs) they have i mean they there is not a UB. single second of it, dude. No, I wouldn't fast forward through it. It's just a non-starter. I'll quit. Yeah, there is UB. There, they do have University of Buffalo shit too, but it's a much less, um, a much more minor focus than 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 the the, the Bills or Sabers there for sure. Right. Yeah. And they do Syracuse too. It's like they're big, like, even though they have UB because it's not a D one thing. Like they talk, Syracuse is the one that they'll occasionally dip into up there because it's the biggest. The nearest big school. Nearest biggest, right? <clears throat> um, anyhow, uh, yeah, hockey for 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 NES. We <laughs> uh, the synopsis for this game is that you play hockey. Uh, and <laughs> I really don't easy. know what else to say about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what is... I will say though, uh, considering that, and it's I suppose there's plenty of places we could have fit this in, <clears throat> but I'll just fit it in now. And it's kind of like my pet project that I like to talk about, anyways. But you described this game as you know, you're, you're playing hockey. Like it felt like you were playing hockey considering what Nintendo can fail at and how they've failed previously with other games. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah that it, that it we're does. playing a hockey game and get a hockey like experience out of it is honestly incredible without a doubt. Yeah, it is. It is a very good, uh, particularly by NES standards, but I mean, you know, even, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, it, I guess it, it, it's a far cry from the NHL hockey, even the very first NHL hockey experience on Genesis. So I'm not going to say that it, it, it trumps <laughs> uh, 16-bit hockey simulation, but 
it or even compares to necessarily, but it is a, I think, a very good job of simulating at this technology level for sure. Absolutely, games yeah, of hockey. Absolutely. You know, I could have seen this being much worse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, there's an alternate universe out there where Blades of Steel is made like a regular fucking Nintendo game, and it makes more sense for it to be like that. Like, I guess this is the alternate universe where it's actually right. good. Yeah, the I mean, it's it's you know, uh, the uh, inevitable or obvious thing to do is to compare it to the black box hockey title, yeah. you know, the NES proprietary one, and and then and we talk about that too. That's good as well, and mm-hmm. and I like it very much. And you know, there I guess it's not a total. Uh, ign- I, uh, I'm not going to say, I guess what I'm trying to say is that's, it's not like that's an entire arcade experience and this is a simulation experience, which is the mm-hmm. two polar opposite ends of the spectrum of a sports game, you know, uh, but this certainly does a much closer job of an actual simulation. Uh, yeah. There is, there's kind of, kind of this cartoonish um, approach to that original NHL or in a uh, hockey that, that this does hockey, not have, right. you know? So, yeah. So yeah, while we were playing it, we were talking about like, yeah, like you, you had to, be careful not to play too much hockey, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. As opposed yeah. to like ice hockey. Like, yeah. Ice hockey was probably more arcadey and like, you know, this one you could do hockey like things, but like you could certainly, you know, talking about like the simulation aspect of it almost, uh, but you could do too much of it too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I guess it, yeah, it was not capable it, as, as good as it was. That's kind of a t- uh, an example of the just, you know, again, those the eight to 16 bit uh, differences uh, as far the as limitations of the eight bit, right? Right, right. I mean, yeah, the a lot of the more complex, uh, and we're, you know, who knows whether we're getting this right given our, well, you watch a little bit of it now, but I don't watch any of it. So I don't know how, how, how appropriate this is trying to describe hockey strategy but you know kind of like the one time aspects or kind of you know the the passing of this is is a much more simplistic thing than i think maybe a a real hollywood or hollywood a real hockey uh enthusiast would want to have control over you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the the moving around and i'm sure you know it's about kind of like making the goalie think one thing is happening and actually enacting another, I would imagine is a large part of hockey strategy. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah. And this is not, this does not, it does, it's not able to go that far. You know, you're, you're honestly, I, in my experience, I maybe tell me yours. I don't think you played this way when we played together, but maybe in your one player stuff, like, I mean, I, I, it, the really only way to score is, is to just, go in with the one guy like you you occasionally can maybe set up one pass you know if you're coming in at the bottom you can throw a pass up to a guy that happens to be working kind of somewhere in the, uh, in the top half of the the ice near the goalie and try a shot from there but that's nowhere near as reliably successful as just skating in and taking a shot you know what i mean yeah Which, passing in my one player experience was just to set up the appropriate circumstances for a one player breakaway to happen. <laughs> exactly. Right, right, right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so that's strategy though. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. This, uh, the release date for this baby was, it was released in North American arcades in October of 87. And then Famicom in Japan on July 22nd, uh, 1988. And then came back to North America for the NES Later that year in December, so it was a kind of a, a holiday release in '88, and um, the 
as far as the artwork and you know, instruction manual artwork stuff goes, the the box art's pretty damn legit. It has like these illustrated versions of a uh, like a, a few different like hockey scenarios. You know, there's a fight, there's a goalie kind of in his defensive stance, and then two skaters, or one of them is <laughs> seemingly doing, or not seemingly, he definitely is doing some really dirty tripping shit with his stick. <laughs> uh, and they had it, it's kind of a fun. They uh, they had a sticker on the front of it. Uh, that was it said from the makers of double dribble. So uh, that's actually a game we haven't talked about yet. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like double dribble. I wouldn't be repping that. Yeah, yeah double dribble is not a great game. Uh, you might want to keep your voice down, buddy. Right, but uh, honestly, again, talking about what's available to you basketball game wise, I guess it probably isn't too damn bad, especially at this time. Like you didn't even have, you know, there was a Tecmo basketball game, I believe, eventually, uh, but I can't think of any really of a basketball game, Magic Johnson's basketball. Arch Rivals was probably my favorite <laughs> of all NES basketball games. Uh, and that, of course, was not even close to a simulation experience. Was double but... dribble where you had to push the button to dribble? I think it was, yes. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate uh, basketball, and the only way you can make me hate it more is if you made me play a game of it and I had to push a button to dribble. <laughs> I think to start, to start dribbling, I believe. Uh, but it, I, I'd say the thing that Double Dribble was most known for was those kind of uh, arcade, or not arcade, but, um, you know, when you would do a dunk, they would, like, cut to kind of this cinematic ah. um, slideshow. You know, I would never call one of those things an animation. <laughs> I would never yes. insult the word like that. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, they would cut to kind of that close-up, uh, really glamorous uh, dunk shot, you know. Uh, and that's what I think of when I think of double dribble. But anyway, so yeah, they, they were repping that for sure. And then the there's a nice blurb on the back that's pretty well written for screenshots. Uh, and pretty, you know, just has a kind of a pretty iconic look all around, I would say. Good cover art for sure, or box art rather. And the manual is rather simplistic, I guess justifiably so. There's not a ton you can say about this game as far as gameplay goes. But there are 12 pages, including the covers, all black and white. Uh, it's succinct, but covers all the bases. The they, they, they kick off the table of contents with, Congratulations, you now own the authentic Konami home version of Blades of Steel, one of Konami's many original arcade hits. Which is... Very, um, you know, kind of a nice flex, Konami. <laughs> Just like, not, you know, some developers uh, might thank you for purchasing their game. They tell you, congratulations, congratulations. they now own it. <laughs> that actually is kind of crazy. It was probably pretty exciting, though. Like, if you, if you were into this game uh, while it was here in arcade, oh, and I'm assuming it was good, because this game's good, and then, you know, they're like, oh, shit, they're about to port that to Nintendo. You can play at home with your boys. This is Actually, probably pretty exciting. Right, yeah. I, I would imagine, for sure. The, well, I mean, was it... Yeah, it was Blades of Steel, wasn't it, that had that, the the the, uh, the insane uh, rich group that went flew around to different... Yeah. That was, it was Blades of Steel, right? Not Ice Hockey. Yeah, no, that was Blades of Steel. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, people were very excited. <laughs> oh, my God, those people... To fly around the country. Those people uh -huh. are why there are communist revolutions in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like People like are like, you know what? No, fuck that person specifically. <laughs> and they take everything. So stop doing that, people. Uh, yeah, I don't ever remember seeing this. As an, you know, And granted, I wouldn't have been dialed into looking for hockey games. But, I mean, I remember, you know, Double Dribble in uh, numerous instances in arcades, but I do not remember seeing Blades of Steel anywhere in an arcade format. 
Hmm. I don't. I, I just didn't fuck with a lot of arcades growing up. I didn't get the same uh, transportation rights to Country Skateland that you got. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and they they actually had one. I think it was Starlight Triple T uh, in Grafton that had it. But uh, I'm even yeah, I'm just you just seen it places. I feel like I've seen double dribble machines uh, here and there, and I just I don't recall ever seeing Blades of Steel. Hmm. But anyhow, the game uh, does not have either an NHL or an NHLPA license. Uh, which is, of course, notable because you're talking a hockey game that's simulation focused. And it yet, ref- despite that, in the instruction manual, it references the NHL by name in the Whoa. table setting uh, th- by saying, Welcome to the big time, or rather, in the, the, the Welcome to the big time section, rather. Um, uh, it, only an abbreviation it doesn't say, you know, uh, what is it, National Hockey League? I assume that's what that means. <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but has Canadian teams. It shouldn't just be national. It should be international. But anyhow. The... Well, the National Basketball Association also has Canadian teams. That's very true. That's very true. And so it's – that was, but the, but the NBA was formed before that happened. Like, didn't Hasn't hockey always had Canadian one teams? One would think. Yeah, one would think. I don't know that for sure on that either. I don't know, man. Like that fucking – like. Uh, people would argue with me, but I would say, like, this area, like, where I'm at in Ohio, like, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, Buffalo, like, I don't know, man. It's kind of all the same kind of shit. Like, I, I know it's a different fucking country. I get that. But, like, if you wanted to fucking group those into a sports league together and call it a national thing, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have an emotional problem with it either. It's just interesting, you know. Not everyone is as uh, give a fuck as we are. You yeah, know? well, especially I, I, if you're trying to, if you're starting a a a major sports league, you would think that like you know you would have some lawyers that would tell you to do specific, specifically do some shit. Right. <laughs> right. I, I I don't know. You have to get into it. <laughs> yeah, you have to get into a level of pedantry that I'm not interested in. I get like the American and Canadian Hockey League. No, fuck that. It's the NHL. Either way, without either of those licenses, mis- mentioning the NHL by name, even only an abbreviation, is is a ballsy move on Konami's behalf. I right. Think. And yeah, it seems like there's got to be some, like, a legal tripwire in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, yeah, just because it's just like, you know, any implication that you have an affiliation with or whatever. You uh, use an advertise or anything, yeah, like, yeah, NHL's going to want their cut. Exactly, you know. Um it's funny because there's other instances of this too. I'll talk about like, you know, you, you, you win a cup in this. They don't call it the Stanley Cup, but you win mm. a cup. It looks like a lot like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> we all know what cup this is. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, the, the only thing the, there's, I had never seen before, but the overtime shootout mode I noticed for the first time in the book, and that looked very cool. So, I was pretty fired up about that, getting into that in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about that later, but that, that looked very cool in the instruction. And they have three lines for scores at the bottom of the very last page of the manual <laughs> like, why it's like it's not even it doesn't even get its own section it's like just leftover space and they were like i don't know put lines there and people write down scores like who's <laughs> writing down scores of their blades of steel game you know uh, uh probably not aj kelm probably not aj kelm and it's funny you say that uh well first notable history is there any notable history for this game i didn't <laughs> see any i know <laughs> no no notable history okay the uh economic analysis for this game oh Yes. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I got a, Oh man, I got a friend I could call about this too. He works in the glass industry. <laughs> yeah, I used to work for his company. Yeah, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, yeah. I, took, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I spent a little time kind of, kind of stumped on like, what the fuck am I gonna? And I, oh, it hit me. Yes. I was gonna say when it hit you, it must have washed over you. Like, oh, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, right. it's just like uh, you know. It's so obvious now. 
Never like, tried why was I even considering anything else? Yeah, never tried heroin, but from what I hear about the experience, a lot like that feels. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, the cost of repairing A.J. Kelm's window circa, <laughs> circa 1989 is what I, is, is what I broke down number-wise here. Right. So here, here's here's how I went about it. I can't uh, wait because I, I know a lot about glass and windows from my buddy Alex. <laughs> so I can't wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> okay. So uh, and yeah, I guess we've mentioned it many times in in previous episodes. But if you this is the first one you're picking up, uh, a friend of ours when we were very little threw his controller. We were playing blades. He and I were playing Blades of Steel. He lost not the game but a fight in the game. Just you getting little fights. We'll talk about that later. But uh, he lost a fight. And then threw his Nintendo controller through his window out onto it was literally like attached to the Nintendo still and laying out on the roof <laughs> through through his broken window. And then his dad beat the shit out of him for it, <laughs> <laughs> which is maybe fucked up, but so funny to both of us for whatever reason. Um, for, a talk about reasons, yeah. for, for a lot of reasons, yeah. We, we need a psychologist to actually figure it out. <laughs> we do, we do. Anyhow, uh, I, I don't remember for sure, but I'm guessing uh, we were talking single-pane glass was one of the assumptions I made for this analysis here. That was one of the uh, considerations I was curious about. Yeah, I mean, a, a stock NES controller broke it. You know, it was not like an NES advantage. He threw. That would have been amazing. <laughs> that can get to a concrete wall, dude. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it was just a stock NES controller, uh, which is not exactly a heavy-duty piece of equipment that broke it. So we're going to assume single-pane glass. And honestly, even without that um, consideration, just my thoughts about that house, probably single-pane glass. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I consult. I have not. I do not know how to repair a broken window uh, inherently, or nor have I ever had to do it myself and had to have learned. So for me, uh, I had to find a tutorial of sorts, as you know, the NF the Internet luckily can teach you how to do anything in minutes. And <laughs> so I consulted thisoldhouse.com for the first time in my life uh, for the tutorial on this. And the link to that corner of the internet will be in the show notes. But going through and watching that, the supplies necessary to fix what I perceive to be the damage done in, in this uh, instance would uh, the pane of glass, rather, relatively cheap. Uh, although not the easiest thing that one of the interesting little factoids I, I heard while listening to the video, uh, a lot of the bigger home stores, Home Depot, um, you know, the big commercial ones won't no longer. They did at one point, apparently, but they no longer do it. will cut glass for you because of the liability concerns for their employees. Yep. It's very fucking dangerous to work with or cut glass. So you have to go to uh, either you can go to a specialty glass place, of course, but uh, I guess some of the smaller kind of uh, franchisee hardware stores, Ace Hardware, what have you, uh, will still do it. Um, I'm curious. Do you think the what the fuck's the name of that hardware store in OB? Oh, they do all kinds of glass. I've gotten uh, glass and plexiglass from them. Yeah, they cut it for you. I would guess that they still do it. They're old school, but yeah, no, they're tight. Um, Watson's Hardware. Let's get a plug for them. Yes, Watson's Hardware. That's it. Big Nina work for them. Uh, the fucking great store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the so a, a pane of glass, um, yeah, about eight bucks, I guess. Re pretty cheap if, if you can get them to cut it for you mm -hmm. for this. So that's not not too bad. Uh, you need some exterior wood primer. Came in about eleven ninety eight. I, I went. It's funny. I, I mentioned home. I went to, basically went to Home Depot to price all these. So right. they're superstore priced. If you went to Watson's, they'd probably be a little more expensive. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. 
Or if you went to, in A.J. Kelm's case, the or rather uh, Art Kelm's case, his father, uh, to the hardware store next to their house that A.J. set on fire, uh, <laughs> they would probably also be a little more expensive. But well, they probably weren't in a very generous mood towards that family. They were not about to give any discounts. <laughs> not cutting any deals, no. Though maybe, uh, I mean, maybe they broke even because seemingly they were going there a lot for Nintendo-based repairs. Yeah. So they're <laughs> frequent customers, but then they lit the place on fire, so... So yeah, very conflicting emotions, I'm sure, for for that hardware store. Uh, but yeah, so exterior wood primer, eleven ninety eight, twelve bucks ish. Uh, you'll need some sandpaper, four twenty seven at Home Depot. Uh, some putty to you know seal the window in, six twenty and uh, six dollars and twenty cents rather. And then some exterior paint uh, to repaint the window frame uh, that that you're taking uh, the the glass out of. That's about fifteen bucks ish. I was spitballing because you you always got to overbuy paint. You can't ever buy the small amount you need, you know. So the smallest option seemingly of some exterior paint was fifteen bucks. So the total of that came in around 45 bucks, 45, 45. And I looked up the sales tax percentage, which is 6.75% in Lorraine. Uh, that's, a, that's, the comp, that's the combined Lorraine County and Ohio state sales tax uh, is 6.75%. If, if anyone was curious about uh, what the sales tax is running in Northeastern Ohio. <laughs> this actually, I believe AJ Kelm, I believe the Kelm family house might have been, in fact, I know it was in the Erie County section of Vermilion. It's split. I did not know that. That did not. It cross. is split. Yep. Okay. Well, you have to assume that's about the same. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay. No, no sweat. Don't even, don't even sweat that sales tax. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the the sales tax. Uh, in did a, you look in, up the tax for back then? Because taxes change. Uh, a little. I tried to. They. they I, I, I. At did this that. point, I'm just trying to lose listeners. I did. Yeah, I did that work. Uh, that's the sales tax tables uh, only went back to about 93 ish uh, on the internet. They did not have records prior to that, which I seems interesting to me. Like, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I don't know. They took the time. Like, right. how, like that seems like something someone would be really interested in. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. I like, that was the thing. Like, so yeah, I looked on the, you for know, the every st- psychopath that babbles about taxes, you feel like at least one of them would be like, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. I'm going to write down we, all the taxes since 1884. Yep, going to the library and I'm, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I couldn't. Nothing I could find. And I, I think I'm a damn good Googler, Jab. So huh. maybe that maybe that's a niche for you. Maybe there's a market. Nope. For... <laughs> Stop right there. I was just at the bar last night having a conversation with somebody about how much I hate finances and numbers. <laughs> Unless the numbers are related to music, and then I'm fine with it. Not a job for you. Nope. So anyhow, the so the sales tax three dollars and seven cents. So total 2019 cost. Uh, for this job would be forty-eight dollars and fifty-two cents. The inflation rate from nineteen eighty-nine or to nineteen eighty-nine rather from two thousand nineteen is negative fifty-one point seven percent. So twenty-three forty-five would have been the cost in nineteen eighty-nine when this occurred. So the whole, okay. the, so that's you know twenty-three bucks. Not a lot of money even then, really. Uh, maybe enough but to make you. Then not- again, though, what the fuck was the uh, like? What was Art Kelm making at his job? Right. No, the yeah. minimum wage back then was like seven cents. I bet he wasn't making minimum wage. I think it, I, I want to say he was a roofer. Is that a, is that a good guess? What do you think he? I have no. I, I, I anything I say would would be a guess. Yeah, I, I feel like roofer. I feel like a lot of MIK's friends are roofers. But I know. Even Fuzzy, if Fuzzy. you were like, yeah, Fuzzy was a roofer. Yeah, but even if you were a roofer back then, I mean, what are you making an hour? Eight nine. 
I don't know, man. That's a that's a, that's a that's a whole other analysis, Jeff. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some psychopath out there that probably should be doing this. Probably should be doing that. Uh, so you know, how how do you feel about the money? Uh, the whole process does take about nine to twelve days with the putty curing and paint drying time. Uh, so it, and that's if you don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Which you know, uh, we're guessing. We're guessing at at, at at Art Kelm's job, none of those guesses were glass repair. <laughs> so he could have very well fucked it up. And you have to assume, uh, you know, or rather you you, you, you need to assume uh, in the case of this example that AJ's dad, yes, was willing and able to mm-hmm. DIY this shit. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's... he's uh, if not, he would probably have to take the... Hopefully, I mean, he might not be able to do it, but I, I feel like he probably could. He'd have to take the whole window out, like the entire framing of it, <clears throat> out, and then take that to the hardware store. They would well, you have to take the whole you have to take the whole thing out, anyways. You can't repair it in doing it in window is like both dangerous and stupid. Apparently, um, you need to take the whole frame out, put it down on something, and then yes, cut the putty out, and like it's a whole process that. But like, it- if he's taking this like. Because you can put it back in and let the putty dry and the paint dry, like you'll be fine. But if he's taking it, like if he doesn't know how to do this and he has to take it to like the hardware store for them to repair, I mean, it could take them. You know, they got other shit to do. It could take them a week. Right. But <laughs> right, you gotta right. you gotta put wood in that window. Then you just have a hole in your house now. Yeah. Or just a card. I I, I picture cardboard. Like this is absolutely a pain in your ass, Art Kelm. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. 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 So yeah, even like if you know how to do it, you still got to do it. That sucks. If you yeah. don't know how to do it. You got to take it out and have a fucking hole in your house for about a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah, the, you know, the you can have someone come out and do it, but that's that's way more expensive too, obviously. Right. So. Yeah. What were the numbers on that? Uh, well, the in the video, the guy said, you know, because he was a window repair guy, and that's why he was doing the videos. Good marketing on his behalf. And the uh, he said that basically you know, you're going to pay like 80, 90 bucks to get someone out, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever, you know, obviously that's going to vary depending on what market you're in, but. Right. Uh, so we're probably big. looking at about forty bucks back then for that yeah. service, right? Plus, yeah, plus materials. So big jump sure. for sure, three times as much, you know, with that spitball. Uh, so, anyways, the 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 long and short of this is AJ Kelm got his ass whooped for twenty three dollars and forty five cents, uh, and probably two to three hours of dedicated time spent, you know, cleaning up, supply purchases, actual work, uh, while surely drinking some Michelob lights the whole time <laughs> <laughs> while he did it. So. Two to three hours and 23 bucks, and AJ got his ass. What? Mm. That's the one final theme, and that gets into the game itself, the playthrough of Blades of Steel. And the first thing, as with all these NES games that you encounter when you're playing this baby, is, of course, the title screen. And I already hit on the mag app, but the title screen is pretty hot on this. The title comes in, and it's uh, it's got, like, some kind of, like, a shh. Like, I don't know, I guess that's, like, I, uh, ice skates coming to a skidding stop or something. It's like, shink! <laughs> Uh, there's there's got to be a term for this that hockey heads know, but exactly. they're right, probably yeah. pulling their hair out right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but it, that that plays. You get the the title comes in real real hot, and then um, you got a really top flight NES level voice sample 
of the full title, Blades of Steel. Uh, it has the game has a lot of those. Uh, my, I shouldn't say a lot, but a number of uh, voice samples, and most of them are are, are uh, unintelligible, but the, this one is very clearly Blades of Steel, and it's good. And then you get a little puck icon for your for your one and two player selection, which is is a nice touch. Um, so that's the title screen, and I guess we'll talk about the w- best way to do it. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we've mentioned it in the in the mag app, but we've never done a sports game, so we're kind of like figuring out the best way to format these as we go here. And I'm thinking maybe just talk about our one player experience individually, and then we'll go into Jab and I for the first time for one of these things. Did an online multiplay, two-player uh, head-to-head um, examination of this game, and we'll talk about that lastly. But uh, how was your first play, your one-player? How did it go for you? Or maybe actually, before we even talk about that, I guess maybe we should say the way we talked. We mentioned it's simulation, but the the game format is basically the one-player game format. Is you can do either an exhibition deal, which is of course just a one-off, or you can do a tournament. Uh, and the t- way the tournament format is, is you basically play, there's eight teams to choose from, so you do a tournament that is between those eight teams, and you play three games on your way to winning the nondescript cup. <laughs> <laughs> the cup. The no, cup. Stanley Cup. Right, right, right. Uh, and, and each one of the games, uh, <laughs> as in, in, in traditional hockey form, is a 20-minute, three 20-minute periods, but it is an accelerated clock. So uh, it a, tw- a counter goes for 20, from starts at 20 dot zero zero but it is definitely not 20 minutes (laughs) it's much quicker than that yeah whatever nintendo (laughs) sports game speed whatever however many however that uh meters out you know all right so that's the format of it uh in my case i just played uh i didn't even bother with an exhibition i just did a a tournament on the there's three different uh difficulty levels there's i think it's what is it junior maybe something else and then pro i think yeah junior fucking what was it Maybe semi-pro sounds like a hockey thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something that one of those people would say. I, I can't remember what it was called, to be honest. Yeah. Um, honestly, there, I, I, and I guess maybe we'll get into that later, but the, the, the difficulty differential for me, I don't know. Maybe if I had started on pro, I wouldn't have felt got good or felt good so fast. But after I had played a full tournament and then played – we did our two-player thing. I went back and tried because I did the first one on junior uh, by myself. Played the whole tournament, then played you, and then came back and tried to play it on pro to see like how much harder is this thing. And I just mm. destroyed yeah. <laughs> whoever I was playing. So uh, it, like I didn't even finish the game. I did like one one period, and I was up like eight nothing or something. I was like, I bother. <laughs> Anyhow, so that's the way the game works. How was your one-player experience initially, Jeb? Well, it's, I actually played. Um... I played uh, just exhibition games, uh, and I did it after we played against each other. I didn't play at all while, or at all before we played each other, uh, which I think showed in oh, some yes, of my. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, some of my uh, uh, gameplay abilities there, a little bit. But uh, I played a couple, uh, two or three exhibition games afterwards. I think I played on pro, and it's again, basically I, a tournament. <laughs> right. I just didn't, for whatever reason, I was like, I'm not playing a tournament. But then I played that many games. Um, but it doesn't matter. I would have won. Uh, I think I was on <laughs> pro, and I I won the tournament. I'll put it that way. Because <laughs> it's pretty easy at pro. I yeah. didn't fire it back up and play it on the more difficult level. Um, playing you was much harder. It, it, it playing a human prepped me for this game more than 
or I should say as much as hours of practicing on like a more difficult level in this game. Yeah, so yeah, the computer, as, and, you know, that's kind of a pro. I don't know. There's like occasionally <clears throat> Super Tecmo Bowl would pull some shit on you and you would lose a game. But like most of these sports games, you know, once you know how to play, they just the, the, the AI, the computer AI just can't compete. Right. <laughs> well, also Tecmo like would shamelessly cheat. Right. Yeah. Which like, yeah, one, you know, on one hand, you're like, OK, at least it makes the final score interesting. You know, at least. I, we all know I won this fucking Tecmo game 27 to zero, <laughs> but they wrote down 27 to 14 because they had to cheat. Yeah. Um, so like, although it makes the game a little bit, you know, the, the numbers more realistic, it's also kind of annoying. But then at the same time, you get Blades of Steel where you whip their ass, you know, 20 to nothing. That's just no fun either. Yeah. That's no fun either. Having yeah. said that, these games are fun. I don't. Yeah. 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 The. I mean. Yeah. When I my first, you know, going through and playing that first, I enjoyed the shit out of the, the uh, especially learning because yeah, it was challenging and like I did not feel I had not figured out all the gimmicks, <laughs> so it was it was particularly enjoyable, uh, having re you know because I I had played it before, but it was so long that it it was it felt like playing it for the first time. I didn't know any tricks. I didn't you know there was nothing that seemed familiar to me other than like kind of how the screen looked. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, so yeah, I, okay. So uh, you won all three of your games. You said I think it was two or three. I, I might have shut it off halfway through the third, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I basically, um, uh, who did I? I think I choose. I chose. I chose L.A. I think. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think it was Edmonton. Okay. I think or Montreal. Yeah, I, I think I was actually. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, it took me a while. I think you know, I ended up. So the first game. Yeah, went into the third with a six four, one and eight five. My first game, I won eight five. So like, I think I got, I I was down three one at the end of the first. Uh, kind of got my footing under me, outscored them five one in the second, got up to a six four lead, and then brought it home at eight to five. So like that, like very first game, uh, I was able to like, you know, I I like the whole learning curve happened during it basically. Right. <laughs> like first period, you're like, oh, this is how you play. Second period, you're like, oh, this is how you win. Third period, you're like, ah, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> and it was on the again like if I wouldn't have been playing on the easiest level maybe it would have been different but um, yeah by the end of the first game I was kind of like that's it <laughs> right I get uh, it yeah everything here everything from here on out is going to be kind of just going through the motions um, so yeah, yeah I guess you know just going through kind of the way like you know what exactly do you say like the the the, the one of the things we talked about big time, I think, uh, in just talking about ice hockey and this, uh, even in the magazine episode, was kind of like the rebound game in this. Like, the rebound and taking another shot mechanics of this game are completely different than ice hockey. Because ice hockey is all about that rebound and just, mm-hmm. you know, the goalie kind of just, I don't want to say glitches, but like, is, you know, does a block and then kind of moves a little bit. The way this works, because... You don't do you do you you have to control your goalie in ice hockey, right? I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, you would think. Yeah, you have to be able to. Uh, but either way, it doesn't. It's it's different because in this game, the arrow for where your shot is going to go is completely random. It's completely right. randomized, so it just randomly moves up and down through the goal area, and you, as the goalie, if you're controlling your goalie, can theoretically just literally follow that arrow wherever it goes uh and it doesn't even move erratically it's like a very constant predictable <laughs> yeah the same thing and, right back and forth which um on this uh, that was one of the you know the one of the hardest things to 
like get a grasp of. It's like, well, how the fuck do I even begin to shoot with any, you know, how do I even, I'm just hitting the button, you know? <laughs> right. You Initially, you're like, there's no surprise. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, and I think, you know, this, this certainly reared its head when we were playing each other and you get, you know, the human, because uh, obviously the computer is just ones and zeros. <laughs> and like literally <laughs> it's it's decision to even give you the the, the, the slightest shot of, or uh, that's a bad word to use in this context, but the slightest, excuse me, chance of scoring a goal is like it it's just it's it's intentionally getting out of whack with you know <laughs> with where that arrow is because right. uh, uh, obviously the computer knows uh, as a human being it doesn't work that way of course so like literally what you know you're you're visually always trying to follow that arrow uh, it's just you literally just sometimes either zone out or be control another player it literally takes i guess what i'm saying is it takes like error like unintentional error uh as opposed to just like you know sports games obviously are competitive it's like you're, you're trying to always win uh but sometimes you don't quite do the thing in this case you like literally have to fuck up <laughs> <laughs> right you have to like go beyond just not try to do that you're like overdoing the thing that you need to do i guess is kind of what i'm getting at here it's like almost uh, like a decision yes right yeah, and often, yeah, and I guess, yeah, I guess there's no way to not talk about both uh, one and two player uh, gameplay and our conversation here. But like, yeah, and the two player thing, it's all about like either uh, one of the big things is taking a shot off screen and you know just not being able to have the time to get where that arrow is and get your goalie where it needs to be, mm-hmm. or trying to control another player because you you control your goalie and the player uh, at the same time. You know, um, you don't switch to your goalie. So <laughs> if you are playing defense with your skater out in the middle of the ice, chasing after whoever has the puck or whatever you're doing with that, and aren't necessarily watching your goalie yet, and a shot happens, you can have your goalie doing something completely stupid. <laughs> like when we were playing, like both of us, I had it more than you, I think, but I had the experience where I literally moved my goalie out of the oh, way okay. of the puck. Right, yeah. And, and anyway, let it right in. Yeah, and that's certainly applicable to the one player, too, because you can be chasing the computer around just the same. Uh, so that that is not a, a two-player exclusive problem. Um, so yeah, as much as I would say the overall controls of this game are great, and it, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of complaints about it, uh, That that is one thing, that is a nuance, I suppose, that is huge on <laughs> getting good at this game, is learning to kind of... Uh, Stop yourself from playing defense out in the out in the ice in the in the in the muck <laughs> and and focusing on your goalie and just tracking that arrow uh, because that that is how you play defense in this game. Um, very rarely are you going to catch the person with the puck and before a shot happens once they're in the yeah, you're, um, front you're ice really disrupting you, them. Yeah, what do you call that? The front ice? Like what's the what do you call? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it in the instruction booklet? Uh, it might have been, but well, you'll have to review that more carefully next time. I don't, I don't recall specifically. I don't read those things. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that's the 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 big thing, I and mean, we've already talked about the passing system, but it's kind of, you know, you can absolutely like it's it's you you hold the direction that you want to to uh, you hold the direction on your on your D pad of the 
person you want to pass to. And like, obviously there's only the eight directions that's possible as far as input things. And, you know, you have 360 degrees, uh, minute incremental places that someone could be. So, you know, you're not always going to be holding one of the eight directions that are perfectly line up with the human being or the sprite that you want to pass to. So that can become kind of obtuse with the passing system. And you can absolutely just pass to nothing, as you would you know assume as possible in hockey. So even like the uh, that's why it's if, you know getting it to a fast guy when there's no confusion yet, <laughs> you know uh, when it's there's just like maybe two players kind of close to each other when you have the puck and just get into the other person, uh, and then taking him straight to the goalie is kind of the most efficient way to run an offense, you know, which is a little bit of a watering down as we said of of what a lot of what hockey strategy is comprised of i would think you know mm-hmm. uh, so that that could be definitely a criticism of of this fucking game for sure you know yeah i think uh like one of the, the first time i played was against you in that online thing and one of the only like yeah that quickly became apparent was like the only real strategy to score and the other one was what you had mentioned was shooting while the goalie was off screen to kind you know to catch the other player wrong-footed and just right. miss it uh, which I guess would almost simulate like a slap shot that you're not you know the speed factor in real life would be replaced by the inability to see it on <laughs> yeah. the screen sure, sure. Um, so yeah there it, but like I don't think I actually I don't specifically remember trying to use it in my one player experience and I don't remember it necessarily working against you so I don't know how effective the strategy is I know you um, scored you scored one or two that way on me. Did I? Okay, so maybe yeah. there there's really kind of two ways to score. Um which again, you know, considering how bad Nintendo could have fucked something like this up, um two's better than zero. Yeah. It, that that's the kind of thing though in a two player game. Like if you try to cuz it is it, I, I mentioned it when we were initially playing that cuz I had discovered it because it would now you can't of course you know the computer doesn't doesn't matter. The computer knows, you know, it has no, yeah, it has no, it has no bearing on on your effectiveness against the computer. I felt, but uh, the computer certainly pulled on me every now and again. And you know, that happens to you once or twice. And you, uh, if, 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 if a human player is trying to do that as their chief tactic for scoring, you would quickly just stop playing defense and just, yeah, totally dial into your goalie and wait for them to do that and then be mm. ready. You know what I mean? So it, it but it does uh, it happens to you once or twice and you're not looking for it. And it, it feels kind of like a cheat code almost. <laughs> right. Uh, for, for, for scoring, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's that's kind of the you know, there's just not much you can say about the, the the offensive mechanic of this. You know, it's just kind of and, and I guess what led me into this even talking about it was like the rebound thing when you you know, you you, bond, you uh, if the goalie is doing their job, which is often the case because you're just following an arrow. And if you're really dialed in, it's not that hard to, to block a shot. Um, and there's not even, there's also not really a, like all the shots are one speed. That's kind of a, uh, maybe a complaint too, that there's not like a, if you hold it, it's faster. I didn't feel necessarily, you know? Yeah. It didn't seem like it to me. Just a right. tap would get you done. Right. So it, that, also takes a lot, you know. If if you could alter the speed uh, to any uh, substantial degree, I think that would, of course, change. Um, it should change. Uh, what a great thing would have been holding the button could change the speed of the arrow, which I think would have been very doable. You know, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. and that would that would have been a cool idea to give it some more variance uh, in, in the way shots happen, and then your ability as a goalie to play defense. But um, 
Yeah, that, that was not present. So when you say, so yeah, so you would get into these. This has happened a ton in our two-player game, more so even on the, the one-player, because the one-player, like we said, the, the computer would just intentionally fuck up, <laughs> it felt, you know. Uh, there was, yeah, there was no rhyme or reason to, to when it would, you know, uh, a score would happen. Uh, whereas in a two-player game, because the, the 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 bouncing, you know, you're right there in front of the goalie, and the the arrow's just moving at the exact same speed at all times. So like these rebound sequences would happen, where you know a player would get like nine shots in a row, be insane, you know, uh, until eventually the puck bounced into either landed on the goalie and he was able to, to retain possession and he could pass it off, or it would bounce off to one of the defenders and the offense wouldn't keep but rarely i guess what i'm saying here is rarely would you uh and so many other hockey games are different from this are different than this rather rarely would it happen where you would you know seven rebounds in score a goal you know what i mean uh once once you started that rebound rinse and repeat sequence it would just fucking you would just do it until event yeah like i said you'd lose possession of the puck but no goal is happening like it never felt like there was high risk of a goal um, no the and, advantage and, definitely goes to the defense yeah and the rebounds in the situation which is probably not how it works in actual hockey right although that said and we both mentioned this uh despite that knowledge it still feels very uh it's stressful. intense as as the defensive player, uh, or as the goalie, rather, in that scenario, even though you know it's, you know, there's You're such low safe. risk. Yeah, uh, that you inevitably, uh, or invariably, rather, um, still feel the uh, emotional response that you're supposed to get. Um, I guess that's just programming of, of, of all those hockey games we've played. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's all it's your animal brain telling you, right. like, you're under attack, dude, you better <laughs> figure this shit out. You're not actually, like, that in that much danger, but... Uh, it did happen, though. I remember getting um, having rebound goals scored on me and scoring them on you. It does happen, but um, it's certainly the exception rather than the rule. For sure, for sure. Uh, and often, when it, what, what would what would the way it would work? Because usually we do the rebound, and like for some reason, like the the uh, uncontrolled players, both offensive and defensive, seemingly would, would kind of just avoid the puck. Yeah, well, yeah, would just clear out of that hole as opposed to the common expectancy being everyone would kind of converge to that spot. You know, that's where the puck is. Uh, it, it would feel like everyone would clear out um, almost. And then it would just be that one player and the goalie kind of alone on this island doing this stupid repetitive thing. Uh, when it would usually work is when uh, another guy, another offensive player would weasel in there for some godforsaken reason, actually try to play offense. <laughs> uh and catch the rebound instead of your guy. So like, right. and then the, now it's an it, actual rebound scenario. Right, 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 right. And then that that was usually how the goals happened, uh, even right. in those rare cases where. And then also when when your offensive player catches the puck, like when this new offensive player catches the puck, he, you have to be lucky enough to have the arrow in a particular position. Right, right, yeah. You know, like ready to shoot that has the goalie out of position before he realizes it. Like right, right, what we're right. describing is actual rebound. Like then it becomes an actual rebound play and it works. But right. um, typically speaking, like once you get close to the goalie and start shooting, it's just going to be like eight in-game minutes of like a pain <laughs> ass for you. <laughs> like no, yeah, yeah. literally no one's going to have any fun. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, 
So, yes, I mean, clearly scoring goals is the big thing about hockey, but the other big thing about this game that made it uh, what it is, and uh, I think maybe even more fondly in people's memories as children, would be the fighting mechanic of it. And uh, the way that works is so... And it's funny, like, when we first were playing, we had a hard time. I think we went all the way into, like, the third period before we finally had one happen between us. Yeah. Uh, but I would get it. They would happen with the computer constantly. Um, but you kind of, like... Playing defense, you know, B, like one button, I think, I think B, the instruction manual actually said, I think B would like engage with the player or check, you know, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, and A button did nothing, but A button actually switched um, in my experience anyways. <laughs> so it was weird the instruction manual said that. So yeah, the one button would kind of do this check move thing where you would kind of engage with the, the, the offensive player as you're skating around and if you did that in the right way or hit him enough or like whatever, you know, maybe some, some numbers come up in the random number generator in the fucking NES CPU, uh, however, however it would work. Uh, you would get kind of like this exchange where they would, they do this little punch animation. Uh, and it is possible for that to happen. And then you guys disengage, but in most cases that would lead to a fight and like it, uh, very coolly cuts to what we described in the magazine episode, I think, as being, you know, it's almost like a side view fighting game. Then it completely changes the format and look uh, entirely of, of what you're doing. And it, it, each player has a power meter with like, I believe, four or five uh, health units. And your buttons now, I think A button does a block move and B punches, and then obviously you can slide back and forth uh, with left and right, and then you can also, you can do stomach or face punches, so if you're, you can hold down and hit punch, and it'll, they'll do like a, uh, an, punch. Uh, yeah, an underhanded stomach punch, or you can punch in the face. So there is like the, a certain, uh, an absolute tactical approach to it, for sure, you know, it's not mm-hmm. just button jamming, uh, although you can certainly approach it that way. <laughs> I mean, I was jamming buttons when I fought. I always, I, I quickly learned, because you know, the it is very, uh, very momentum based. It felt, you know, like you could, if if you got if you got cracking on someone, you could very frequently just blow right through uh, yeah. with five quick punches and knock them down. So, like to me, I always felt like it was best to go into it with the block held, you know, mm-hmm. take one of the first ones with a block and then uh, get into it. And yeah, I mean it. Very rarely did I would I go back to blocking, but I always felt like going into it with a block would gave me a little bit of an advantage. Okay. Uh, so there was some tactic to it, but yeah. So basically, you know, whoever gets punched unblocked five times first loses, and they go right down to their ass, and then you come out of it, which would often you know, <laughs> it's such a I don't know. It's so it's so disengaging and so different of an experience that I would always forget. And I think, Jab, you mentioned this too. You, you come out of the fight, and then whoever won the fight would then have possession of the puck. And you, but you would forget to go basically. So I would always come out of the fight and like just be standing there for a second. So <laughs> if it yeah, if it were to happen in, uh, you know, kind of uh, a chaotic. Uh, with a bunch of players around, you could easily get the shit checked out of you and lose the puck coming out of the fight because you're not paying attention right. uh, for whatever reason or another. Or even if even if you're paying attention, just uh, just tracking back to where you were on the ice with your eyes and like getting back into what you were doing, whatever it might have been uh, before the fight happening uh, was its own little battle, you know? Yeah, well, because like you like you mentioned with the the goalie in the computer, the computer is always aware of what's going on. 
Right, right. Like right. It, it does. It takes it zero seconds to transition from fight back to hockey. Whereas <laughs> if it takes you one quarter of a second, you are infinitely behind this computer, and it's making moves <laughs> to stop you. Like, right, right yeah. you're just standing there with your thumb up your ass, yep. and the the the, the computer is coming to kick your ass. So, um, right. yeah, you got to pay attention to it. Also, did you know I didn't put this together while we were playing? Um, I did put it together in my single player experience. The loser goes to the to the penalty box. Like yeah. you play down a man then. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which is hilarious. Uh yeah, and that's like that's a very arcadey thing too, you know, because in hockey, yeah, they both go. Uh like in NHL hockey, they both go. Um in and the original NES hockey, both guys go into the the penalty box, I think. So yeah, that is that is a little bit of a arcadey thing that's I guess not maybe as true to simulation as we mentioned this game for the most part does. But it certainly it, it gives it of course stakes, which is nice, you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you do only have is which is is this the right number? Are there I feel like there's only five players plus the goal. Yeah, I think it's five, yeah. Is that how real hockey is too? No, no, it's gotta be more than that. Yeah, I feel like it's gotta it's be gotta be like that. at least six. Yeah. Although I don't know, I could be wrong. I mean, I don't two know. forwards, a center, and then two defenders. That seems like it would be the right amount. Like, where else would you put a player? Right. I'm gonna Google it real quick. How many? <laughs> on a... It feels, yeah, it feels sparsely populated. I feel like, I like, the, like you know, the ice is just less populated than I feel it could be. Okay. Yeah. It says hockey is played with six players on the ice for each team, five skaters and one goaltender. Okay. Huh. Right. So yeah, very true. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it felt sparsely populated. Um, so. Losing a player is certainly a, a, a big difference for sure, right? Uh, which I guess it should be. That's the point. Which I guess kind of incentivizes the like you know trying to start fights because if you can start fights and win the fights, yeah, for sure, you get power plays, you know, and like if you can get them down five to three, like you, you're in yeah. trouble. And yeah, especially though we we talked about you know, the end that so much of the offensive tactic is just skating in there and getting an opportunity to drop one on that goalie at the right time. Because really, I mean, really, we described how the arrow works already, but really, really what the strategy is, is you're trying, trying to, you're learning the speed the goalie moves and then the, the speed that arrow moves. And what you're really trying to do is time your shot at a time when that arrow, when the goalie is in a place that's far enough from where the arrow is at that he can't recover in time before your the puck gets there. So like that's like, you know, the the nuance of being coming a good scorer is getting a feel for when that distance is far enough. You know what right. I mean? And it's, uh, you got to have it almost just right. 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 Cuz yeah, it, there yeah, there is that <laughs> the goalie can cover a lot of ground. Exactly. Like the 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 the, the time between when that opening arises and when the arrow was heading back to get closer to the goalie is yes, very very because it's basically at the top of the goal. <laughs> you know, like they literally need to be on opposite sides of the goal uh, for it to really uh, reliably work. And then often shots, when it's all the way at the edge, the shot misses the goal. So like really, it's like this, it's like a, a pixel before the end before the uh, arrow hits the boundary and then starts returning that you're really gunning for, you know, which you have even less space than you thought. Right. Which sounds incredibly precise and difficult, but I, obviously we were scoring goals left and right. So I don't know. It's, but it it is, it is a very, I don't know, kind of elusive idea, you know, uh, of getting good at that and getting the feel for it, you know? 
um, whether or not it's in practicality actually that hard of an act thing to do. Um, anyhow, so yeah, the point being, getting a fucking player out of there <laughs> uh, <laughs> would make it would make it way easier to skate up there and do that. So yeah. uh, that's certainly a big advantage. And God forbid if you could get two guys off the ice, it would become almost you know you're just you're just there's nothing to it. Yeah, there would be no defense to it. Which is probably how people playing actual hockey would describe it. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the less opponents I have, the easier it is to score. That is not surprising. Right, right, right. So yeah, again, when I yeah, when I first played, dude, I was like I was so stymied by that the that function the, that goalie arrow mechanic thing that I like I was like I Google, I was like, is there there's gotta be a way to influence like I you know, I didn't believe that there wasn't a way to influence right. how that arrow worked, you know. Uh, but Googling around it, I couldn't, everything I found said that you do not. And it was just a, a matter of, yes, getting a feel for the timing, you know, uh, which is kind of crazy that you don't have any influence on it. Cause that's all, you know, the thing with ice hockey, like the reason it's hard to play goalie in that is cause you don't know where right. you, can, you know, you can direct where the shot goes. So like you, you can't, you have to react, <laughs> you know, you're right. not just following the arrow, you're reacting to you got to see where it's going and react accordingly, uh, which is so much more the way a goalie experience should be. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm really not sure why exactly this game didn't feel like they could do that. You right. know, ice hockey was before this. Right. And so they, they were certainly just building on what came before them, if anything. Right. And this is a this is an arcade game, too. So this is like a, you know, a long in development Right, like, yeah, if you, if you were doing that in the arcade game, like, you know, well, again, you had a year to figure out how to not do that. Right. Like, maybe you can come Although, up with a solution. That's that could be said, too, that, you know, maybe the limitations a uh, year prior, I, this is totally spitballing, but maybe the limitations uh, programming technology-wise when the arcade game was in development somehow was ma- made that less possible, and then... There wasn't, you know, it's it, completely possible that the idea of porting it to the NES uh, had no additional development. If that was the technology at hand, hey, what are you doing? Come on, get on the couch. Um, yeah, the te- if the technology at hand, Corbin, can you lay down, bud? He just knocked my phone off my. Doesn't like phones, I guess. If the technology at hand, uh. You know, if, if that was the only way to get it done at the time, you know, and actually, you know, I said you had a year to get it done, but I know good and well that a year to change something that's been developed like a video game is not actually all that much time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. So they, they, they may not have had any other better solutions, but uh, yeah, it's just weird that a, a game before that was able to come up with a more dynamic uh, offensive right. system. Yep, 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 yep. I feel like even the, even the passing in the NHL probably is a little better. Come to think of it, or not NHL, but ice hockey, the original ice hockey. Yeah. Well, to, to be honest, I think I like ice hockey better than this game. Uh, yeah, maybe. From what I remember, like again, I haven't played ice, ice hockey in a while, but I think I like it better. Because there's especially like the the visual representations of the players, like you know the little fat guy that's going to yeah. hit hard and be. That's slow. yeah. I guess that's something to talk about with this in particular, or not in particular, but two the. All five sprites are the same, 
Like the players look yeah. completely identical, and we debated heavily, I think, whether there was actual <laughs> variations in the attributes of those players. Uh, I think ultimately we decided yes, there was. Um, some players were faster than others, and you know some could take a check a little better, some could whatever. The goalies uh, seemed to gather the puck better than others. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Um, that's, I mean, does it? In ice hockey, it's absolute. Like, if, if the goalie touches a skating player, the skating player goes on his ass, and the goalie takes possession in ice hockey, for sure. Yeah. 100% of that, or sure of that, rather. Uh, this, I don't know if it's that absolute losing possession, but I also, I feel like kind of it is. If you skate into the goalie, uh, which, you know, it physically makes sense to me. I've never played hockey, but uh, I imagine they have, have heavier shit on. They have all those pads. They're kind of like locked into, they have a, even if it's like those, those nets are not, they can't like lean on those nets. I don't think necessarily Mm -hmm. the nets can come off. Can they not? Yeah. They pop off. I think they pop off fairly easily. Okay. So yes, they can't lean on it. So it's not like they're like leaning on a, on a solid structure or anything, but there is still probably some level of stability that a a skating player would not have, you know, so makes sense. But, um, in any event, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Interesting, different for sure. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think in a, I would yeah, I mean, ice hockey is more fun because you do have, uh, if only because yeah, you have like the the three different players. You know, like the skinny right. guy will get knocked on his ass every time by one of those big dudes, but he can skate around him, and like that's a visual, visually understood difference. And yeah, like, that, that's you, the thing is like it's important because like I was just, in this game in Blades of Steel, I was just passing to players until one felt faster than the other. Right. And since, like, the mechanics of the, okay, Corbin, bud, come on, lay down. Good dog. You're actually freaking me out. Um, yeah, like, I would pass around until I found a player that felt faster. And, like, that's game time. You know, mistakes can happen. Um, it's just know, less fun mechanics to not, not know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> to even get the puck to a player is a little bit of a success yeah. um, in and of itself because the passing mechanic's not perfect. Yep. So and they don't, like they don't knowing have numbers where these the players other, are. Yeah, they don't even have numbers, so there's no way to delineate them whatsoever, you know? You have no like, idea who you're passing. Yeah, like, in, in NHL Hockey on Genesis doesn't have, they don't have an NHLPA license yet uh, until, until the later years, but you, they, the players do have numbers, so you can at least, like, I know 77's fast, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Mario Lemieux is, like, the player that's supposed to be Mario Lemieux is 66, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he's fucking fast and good. Yeah. Uh, Whereas in this case, yeah, you couldn't even tell, and they skate all over the place, and you know, which I was gonna say, even in the Genesis games, you could like, you know, that Lemieux is one of your forwards or whatever, right. and like you can count on him to be in places that forwards are. Right. I think in Blades of Steel, they're probably just skating around completely at random. If there is a difference in their, you know, abilities, which I think there was, I could be giving this to a fucking defenseman who has no idea what he's doing down by the net, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And it's not doing anyone any good, so. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's you know a lot of. I don't know what. I don't know what to do, right? Not, yeah, not a ton more we can say about the gameplay. Uh, I guess some of the, you know, so you go through the, uh, just to kind of explain the way the the game works. Uh, the we mentioned there's eight teams to choose from. Uh, I think it's like four. I think it's four American and four Canadian. Was it not? Yeah. Yep. I think it was Edmonds. Like there was Chicago, New York, L.A. Minnesota, I want Correct. to say, which is not a city, but you know, you get the idea. I'm in Minnesota right now. It is a city, actually. Jab, it's kind of nice. Yeah, Minnesota I'm doing. Is a city? Yeah, this, yeah, 
Or sorry, oh. no. Oh, Minneapolis. You're right. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Are you talking about? <laughs> I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it's funny though. I'm actually in Minneapolis right now as I'm doing this. My first remote podcast attempt. I'm at the. Oh, there you go. Uh, what is fucking the Grand Hotel in downtown uh, Minneapolis? How uh, it's like cool. The city of Minneapolis. It's pretty cool, dude. It, it reminds me. It's very reminiscent of uh, a Chicago, or not? Sorry, not a Chicago. A a Cleveland or a Pittsburgh, like one of these lake cities. You know. Nice. Yeah, uh, I, I like Cleveland and Pittsburgh a lot. So sure. Yeah, they're they're like you know, it's not uh, overwhelmingly busy for sure. All the grants I was here on the weekend, I went out for coffee this morning to walk the dog and such, and uh, it was certainly busier on a Monday morning than it has been over the weekend. But uh, yeah, it's cool. It's it's weird because you know they it's first of all the 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 not first of all but very notably the Minnesota Vikings Stadium is it's crazy, dude. It looks it's it's right downtown and it's a enclosed dome dude it looks like a space fucking place or something dude. Mm-hmm. does not look like a football stadium at all it looks very cool they have this cool viking ship outside of it. it's pretty cool uh but yeah it's right downtown and they have because you know it's the reason that don't the fucking domes like this or the football stadiums like this because fucking gets cold and snows up here obviously right. you know so they have built into the entire downtown area it's called the skyway and it's it goes through all the buildings dude no shit uh, yeah where you can basically just don't have to go outside and you can it's, nice. it, it goes through all these you know it's in this hotel it's in uh, all the buildings it goes through and, and all just everyone does it yeah it's not yeah there are no uh, you know, even like I'm, I'm sure some of these buildings are residential and such, uh, and and it is in those too. That two seems like a security balance. nightmare. To some degree, I'm sure. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's ways to. It looks cool when fucking Star Wars does it, but then you actually stop and think about it, you're like, dude, that's like, do they not have insurance in fucking Star Wars? Because <laughs> like this seems like a fucking problem. Uh, that's a hilarious. Dude. There's a you've seen Clerks, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, that the whole monologue about. Uh, labor uh labor risk for stormtrooper labor <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah i forgot like about by, that, by, by taking that job you assume the risk of being uh working for the empire and like there are inherent risks with that job sure. that, you, that you understand when you when you take it et cetera, et cetera, is a hilarious, yeah. hilarious. Huh. uh but yeah i mean you know i'm sure there's some way you know like it's I'm sure they're not connected to residential floors or residential buildings. Yeah, there's got to be a way the buildings are designed internally. Right. Where they're like, you're in here, but you're certainly you do not have access to the building. Yeah, I yeah, I, I have desire to walk it, but it's so nice here right now that it seems stupid to me to right. walk the insides. So I went down to the yeah, the Mississippi River and stuff yesterday. It's pretty pretty nice little place. Um, anyhow, you know what the uh, Canadian cities were? Edmonton, uh, Edmonton, Vancouver. Oh, I was uh, calling it the mythical city of Montreal. I have no idea why I was doing that. Yeah, Montreal and Toronto. So yeah, it was four and four. That's interesting. Yeah. Yet, yet it's the national, <laughs> the national league. Our Canadian buddies might as well be America. Yeah, <laughs> they probably would resent that notion right now. I'm sure they would, in particular, right now. In particular. Uh, yeah. So, so you have those eight teams to choose from, and then you know, the way the, the, the like so the tournament mode is kind of that there are three different. Uh, difficult levels you go through it and you play three games and then like after like the the tournament mode is kind of you know it's the the story mode of sorts and when you finish the uh like when, when you win each game actually it's worth mentioning like a pretty oh, yeah. cool little animation thing when you win the game the two teams like the game ends and the two teams kind of do this this like little skating performance thing where they go in a circle and then it looks like they're going to skate into they're both of them are going to skate into the locker room they came out at the beginning before the game 
And the loser does so, but the winner does not. The winner veers off right before the door. Uh, the line of 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 skaters uh, of for the winners veer off right before the little locker room entrance and do a do a further uh, ornate skating performance, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then that goes into like a little celebration thing uh, near the their goalie or the goalie rather, uh, and you get kind of like we described it as like it looks like a snapshot that's going to then move to a newspaper picture of them in this kind of celebratory position you know uh but they never get to the the newspaper it just freeze frames and black and white on them celebrating and then you cut to uh either in the case of the first two games back to the the tournament bracket uh showing you who you're playing next or when you win the fucker that winning celebration is with the cup and uh you have yeah, the cup, not the Stanley Cup. And uh, you get that same snapshot thing, and it goes from that to an end credit sequence, uh, the way a game would be when you beat it. And, um, you know, it gives you kind of these little fucking slideshow things of different hockey shit going through, of course, all the developers and stuff. Uh, so it's a, a nice, traditional, legit credit sequence that you get, uh, which maybe isn't always available in uh, sports games. Yeah, man. I mean, that was kind of the experience. I mean, the. And yeah, I got uh, nothing else. I really. I forgot about the uh, little newspaper shot. That's all I got. Yeah, they tell you this is kind of interesting. I, I know, and I, like I never, I never beat pro, so maybe that was the one thing I missed out on by not doing that. But beating it on the junior level, it said after the snapshot moment before they, they, the credit sequence started, it said, "Congratulations, you are now ready for the." That was the, the second one's called the college league. Yeah, so it's, oh, okay. it's junior college and then pro. Um, so it's, yeah, it tells you you are now ready for the college league. So their expectance, expectancy is that you're going to play them in order, you know, and that after you beat the junior, you're now going to play a college tournament. And then I assume it tells you you're ready for the pro league. And this is what I'm saying I missed out on. Who the fuck knows what it tells you uh, you're ready for. <laughs> right. You're ready to stop playing Blades of Steel and go do something else in your life. <laughs> they're, very, they're very cocky, though. I mean, they congratulated you for even possessing the game. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so who knows what they would say if you had won. They might be a little salty about it, actually. Yeah, they would be. Who knows? Who knows? Not me. Maybe if I get bored, I'll try and win a tournament uh, yeah. tonight. Because I don't have anything to do today. I, I did my minor grocery shopping that I typically do on Mondays. I did it yesterday when I went to get dog food. So I'm like, I got kind of nothing to do today. Oh, man, I didn't bring my remote, but I probably I got to fly back to fucking L.A. here this evening anyway. So I'm probably going to run around, get lunch and what have you, and enjoy my last time. Who knows if I'll ever be back here. I guess I, I would love to come to actually a Minnesota game now. Uh, Did you happen probably... to see any of the, uh, I think there's a large Sudanese population in Minneapolis. They got, or yeah, I think they got relocated uh, from the Civil War there. Interesting. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to identify a Sudanese person or person. Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, they would just look black, but <laughs> <laughs> as you might expect. Uh, but no, um, I, yeah, I, I haven't. I, I, I haven't heard anyone mention like a, a, a heavily concentrated Sudanese restaurant uh, area or anything like you would get, you know, Little Ethiopia or something in L.A. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, I read a book about uh, what was it called? What is the what? I think by David Eggers, maybe. Um, Somebody, I can't remember exactly who that was, but uh, it was a really good book about uh, the Sudanese Civil War, and uh, I think a lot of them ended up relocating and settling in uh, in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, hmm. very snowy, very very different than the Sudan, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, probably better. I guess they were, the they were looking for a change probably after Civil War, for sure. Right, um, yeah. One, you can imagine. Right. Fuck it, Snow, well, I'll no, take One thing we didn't mention was the the uh, shootout thing. I guess, yeah, we, oh, I guess we, should, right. we, should mention, <clears throat> we should actually describe our two-player fucking deal here. So, yeah, we, we played three games, basically, uh, when we did the head-to-head thing, which was very cool, too. If you've never fucking done the Nestopia netplay thing, uh, it is, I think, you know, our... our the prohibitive thing about it was our fear that it wouldn't work well or that it wouldn't, you know, be a pain in the ass. And uh, it was a little tricky, maybe nuanced to figure out the getting the settings right and getting the thing to work the first time. We probably spent, what, 20 minutes, half hour? 20, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but once we got it going, it worked almost flawlessly. We did have one connection drop at one point that was a little frustrating, but relatively speaking, playing uh, 2,000 miles apart, playing an NES game real time, uh, two player. 2,000 miles apart, I think it was pre- did a pretty good job. For yeah, free. We paid $0 to do this. <laughs> yeah, zero, and, like, it wasn't a whole lot of effort. Um, and it, like, again, like, you just expect something like this to be a fucking nightmare. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. It worked. I was, I was... Pleasantly I, I went into this thinking, I was like, I'm going to spend, like, fucking two hours on this. We're not going to get anything done. I'm going to fucking <laughs> want to send my brother a letter bomb. And... Like, this is crazy, you know? And uh, it wasn't like that. In the end, we just played some hockey, and then it was done. Uh, yeah, I had a blast for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we played three games. Uh, we did we one game because, as Jab mentioned, he had not played. So uh, we did one game that was just kind of an acclimation deal for him uh, that uh, let him get the feel for the controls and what have you. And I, of course, whooped his ass playing that. But uh, we did that, and then we did a, kind of a three-game tournament after that. Uh, and... Um, that second game, uh, I went in New York. Uh, you went Edmonton, I believe, is what I have uh, in my log here. Uh, and that, uh, or no, sorry, the first one I took L.A. You went Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Right. Uh, and yeah, I, I whooped your ass pretty bad in that one because uh, you were still getting your feet under you. But game two was 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 a decent game. I was New York. You were Edmonton. Uh, and that did come down to an overtime shootout, which is the main thing I wanted to get to talking the two player thing because uh, that did not happen uh, when I was playing one player. And as I mentioned, the instruction booklet, it looks fucking amazing. Like it looks, it's a completely different view. You know, you, you line, it shows you like kind of a, almost a POV or not a POV, but over the shoulder ish. Yeah. Um, uh, view for, from the shooter's perspective at the goalie. And it looks like, yeah, you're going to, I don't know. Like I'm, my expect my ex- expectation was that I was going to, you were going to be able to skate and kind of like, you know, the way they do it, uh, which is kind of like they skate up and like, you know, the goalie's on a fucking island. Uh, and has to react, uh, but it is not that cool, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you shoot from a line, much like uh, soccer. Yeah, and it's basically you described it incredibly well uh, when we were playing. It's basically a rock paper scissors game. Yeah, uh, in that you, as the shooter, you pick from that line to just shoot left, middle, or right. You know, and there is a stock, or not a stock, but a, a defined animation for each one of those three options. And then I think it's after the player, the, the shooter shoots the puck, the goalie then picks a direction um, to defend. Right. But you don't, it's not, you don't, you don't see what's happening. You know, you're not reacting to where the puck is going. I don't think. Um, yeah. We didn't, we only had this the one time and then we didn't and even it, get to finish it. That's when the and it might have glitched. On. Yeah, yeah. It, that's when the connection dropped on us, which was super frustrating, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, we had already just. It, it, I think it had worked once for each of us before it dropped, and uh, we immediately were like, yeah. Well, first we were like, what the fuck is happening here? 
because <laughs> uh, yeah, it does not prompt you in any way that like helps you figure that out uh, other than just blatantly uh, trying it and seeing what happens, you know. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it 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 was a kind of a big letdown uh, relative to how cool it looks. Um, which is, I guess, not surprising. If you're going to get like a really, it's kind of like the perfect example. Like we mentioned, the uh, the double dribble dunk animations. Like that looks really cool as a picture, <laughs> <laughs> but in 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 practice, in actual, uh, you know, in in real life action, uh, it is not quite as enjoyable or cool as uh, you might have thought it was going to be. You know. Um, which is kind of a letdown. So yeah, we did kind of a we had to come up on, uh, with a solution on the fly because you know, we were in a tie and like we were playing a three game tournament here. So who wins this game is important. <laughs> so what we did was uh, I think you had the idea was basically to so we had to restart. We we're like, how the fuck are we going to do this? Uh, you were like, let's just do an uh, 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 overtime sudden death, you know, play a period and whoever scores first wins. Right, uh, right. Which is do they do shootouts anymore? Oh, I think it I th- goes that what, what the NHL doesn't do ties anymore. So I think they play like a short period after a tie, sudden death, and then I think it goes very quickly to a shootout, or it might go straight to a shootout. But they don't do ties anymore. Okay, which that's great. Because yeah, that's great because come on. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe the NFL still has ties. Uh, yeah, well, I watch soccer and like. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, it's, it's weird sometimes. The ties are like, oh, you, you like the the classic example is I think the two thousand like four World Cup or something. I think it was Italy versus France, and like you know the two best teams in the world, you know, with some of the best players, you know, it all came down to it, and like basically at the end, like you know, and fucking soccer shootouts are essentially also rock paper scissors. <laughs> Everyone knows it, and you've got the best athletes in the world, and like. Literally, I could score a goal on these guys. Like, if I just kick <laughs> the ball right and they went left, so like huge. that's it, dude. <laughs> the nets are so huge, right? Uh, in soccer, for sure. Why did I start talking about that? Oh, because we're talking about nets and scoring. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah, we did a sudden death, and then Jab actually won uh, in sudden death uh, in that first period. We didn't have to go into a second, um, which is nice. Not surprising considering how easy it is to score in this game, right. but. Uh, in the third game, uh, I was Chicago. You in Vancouver, and I asked Blasted, you're pretty good with Chicago. I think Chicago is very good. It's a very good team. Yeah, uh, I think. And Vancouver might have been a particularly bad team. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, Chicago. That's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, Chicago. After, I think it was eight very, nothing, was it? Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was not going well for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, fucking had a blast though playing playing the two player thing. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, and we definitely got to do that more often for sure. Um, and it, it also makes me like. I don't know. It's a little scary to play a one-player like Contra or something and have the idea that um, it could fucking drop a connection halfway through a long game like that would be very frustrating. But there are probably you know, it's stage select or something. I'm sure we could probably fucking get around it. There's got to be something. Do we confirm that there are no save states through that? Uh, we, I didn't, I did not to the point of research, uh, which right. we could certainly do, um, and we should do, obviously, before we do something like that. But I, it didn't seem like it was possible. Um, and I would, you know, I don't know, I, I can't. It, actually, no, I shouldn't say it seems. It, like it seems was, plausible. Yeah, it's super. I mean, it's incredibly. Again, we're talking about files that are kilobytes. Yes, yeah, so a save state file is nothing. So why couldn't it just why have it? two inputs? Pick it up. So yeah, I don't know why I wouldn't fucking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. See what happens. I should be able to tell you. That's the point, right? Yep. 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 
Uh, so yeah, so fucking, I guess that's probably now everything we could possibly say about this fucking thing. That was the ending credit theme that it plays after you win a tournament, I believe. Um, yeah. Which I guess they decided was the quote-unquote end of the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's getting us into uh, the, the decision uh, section, King Lork's Blessing, or not. Yeah, or not, about Plates of Steel. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty fucking good hockey game, man. I mean, it's... I don't know how much replayability it has, which is a bit of a problem i think with hockey uh playing two players would probably be a blast but i think like i said once i had been through that one tournament as a one player thing it was kind of like mm. <laughs> i get it yeah i get it and this is not even close to challenging um so i don't know how much i would say yes for sure it should get the blessing because i think it's you know right there with ice hockey as far as like hockey options on the nes if you're a, particularly if you're a hockey fan, we're not even hockey fans and we're saying this or I'm right. saying this, uh, but more so for head to head than for one player, you know? So yeah, it would give my blessing for sure. Nice. Um, yeah, it definitely gets mine too. Uh, the biggest thing that I kept, I was trying to come up with something to say at this section. Um, I had fun. Yeah. Like playing nice. this game was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a big thing, obviously, for a uh, video game. I guess maybe any game, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, that's the point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I had fun. Um, it, it's fucking, it's a fun game to play. I, I also um, highly recommend, you know, if, if you guys, if listeners out there did like this game growing up, you can do what we did with the NES-topia and play with your friends just like you used to. Um, yeah. So you should definitely so look cool. into that. It's not hard. And, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and I feel like it's... I can't listen to all these podcasts and shit. I feel like... Yeah, maybe it's just... Maybe we're just so behind that it's like... It'd be like talking about breathing. But, <laughs> but like, I feel like it does not get talked about uh, in any of these retro game podcasts how, you know, that's an option. So, yeah, I mean, it, it may just be that it's so common and we're just so far behind that it's not. But I, I, it should be talked about more because it is a blast. And, and uh, if, yeah... It, uh, couldn't recommend it more. Super cool. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait till we're doing it with some of the uh, NES games. We, uh, you know, not that we're, we're giving it the blessing, but this is not one of our top fucking twenty games or anything. Uh, no, no. You know, I can't wait till we're playing games that we're fucking really into, and we and we we approach it from that angle. It's gonna be a blast. I can't wait. Yeah, like two player Final Fantasy. As yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as were, yeah. Uh, yeah. So fuck. Okay. So two for two on the blessing. One thing we didn't mention too, I want to bring up. We we talked about it in the break. Uh, a really cool thing this game, and this is actually another reason I would give my blessing because this is super cool. That's a good uh, point because honestly, this is something they did not have to do. Yeah, it was totally, is, and, and it is an advertisement in the end, but it's fucking cool. Yeah, sure. And I, well, yeah, I mean, this, the advertisement part of it's cool too. But I mean. I feel like this could this could this could exist without the advertisement component of it. You know, it could just absolutely one hundred percent right. So yeah, the one the uh, the intermission between the second and third periods of the games, you get like a little jumbotron. It cuts to like the jumbotron. 
you'll get there's is it only two maybe a third at least two for sure animation things uh and one of them is interactive and it's basically like this incredibly simplified short life force uh game you know like it's a real quick little shooter uh that the you 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 know you're on the left side of the screen and there's like kind of this boss ship on the right shooting at you and you control the ship and you move up and down and shoot and you can blow the thing up. Uh, and it's, you know, super quick and short, but just such a cool little aside, uh, thing that, 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 that a hockey game could give you, you know, super cool. And then once you blow the ship up, it kind of cuts to, yeah, what like Jeff said, like kind of a almost an advert, not an almost, it is an advertisement. It, it talks about, I think Jackal and Contra, I want to say, um, oddly not Life Force. <laughs> yeah, I don't think well, I can't was it remember. Life Force sure. was it Radius or Gradius? Oh, maybe it was Gradius. Yeah, which either way, uh, it it right. advertises some other Konami games that are on NES, and then kind of gives you this thing that's like you know the it's a funny little dialogue series where it's or copy series where it's like. I don't know, something like super fun, like your friends will be envious or some shit. Get the game, da da da, and it shows the actual logos of whatever the two games were. Um, and there's also another one too that's kind of like a a bear shooting a shot that is not interactive but also looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are just yeah, such like a just additional, you know, entertainment. A game's supposed to be entertainment, and it's additional entertainment that did not have to be packed into this game uh, that they took the time to do, which is super cool. You yeah, know? and the implication like in the game is that like you'd be controlling this on the fucking jumbotron, and like the whole stadium could see you. Yeah, whole arena is watching you, which is yeah, that's super cool too, for sure. Yeah, which also, by the way, fucking um, sports team owners, why don't you do something like that? <laughs> yeah, why don't like, you? Like fucking that? everyone in the world would sign up for it, and they would be thrilled to do it, and the crowd would go literally wild. Yeah, they can just easily bring you over a Wi-Fi controller of some kind. The How is easiest that easiest thing in the world? Did we? we just- we, do we just invent an idea that we can make a billion dollars off of? <laughs> and I'm really interested in that because I fucking hate my job. <laughs> I would love to quit tomorrow if I could. I don't mind my job, but I'll a billion dollars, sure. <laughs> Let's look into that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, cool. Okay, so two for two on King Lord's Blessing. Play Blades of Steel. And that wraps up this episode of the Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast. Uh, in closing, the next uh, episode will be on Team Sega Newsletter Issue 5. We are finally volleying back to Sega uh, because of their quarterly release schedule for their their newsletter um, at this time. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean, etc., etc., anywhere else you listen to your shit. And as mentioned already, but please, I'll say it again, rate and review, uh, leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you do listen to it on to help people find this baby. If you like what we're babbling about here, which is debatable, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the website for the pod is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. And you can email us if you want to banter with us privately at isohpodcast at gmail.com. Follow the pod on Facebook to keep up with our shit. Uh, we have gameplay videos on youtube.com forward slash Josh Folan. There's the subreddit if you want to interface on us on, with or interface with us on a little more delayed basis. Uh, the ISOH pod is the subreddit name. And Jab, what are your socials? I you all know I don't have any. <laughs> And my Twitter is at Josh Folan. My Instagram is at my shift key is broke. And that's it. Okay, bye. See you, bye.